Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. for a very long time with uh, his addictions. And after much prayer and proclamation and hard love, we were able to uh, meet and compromise and tomorrow he'll go to Team Challenge to address his issues. Now I, I, I say that and share that with you as a testimony because I'm a Team Challenge graduate. And I graduated from Team Challenge Old Testament ago. And if you, know what, if you don't know what Team Challenge is, it's a Christian drug rehabilitation program. And um, I went through it. My father-in-law went through it. My sister went through it. My father went through it. And uh, the generation curse in my family has been drugs and alcohol. And um, sometimes it takes prayer and fasting and worship and worship beyond what you're seeing in front of you. You gotta be able to release worship and praise even when you don't see things going the way you think they should be going. Because whose report will you believe? The report of the Lord. So when I stood here and I said to you that my prayers were, God, remember the plans you have for Mikey? That was really, that's my prayer. Because all I want to do is break Mikey up. You love him more than I do. You gave him to me. I claim his life. I claim his soul in the name of Jesus. And so when I got the phone call, because it had to be his choice. His choice. Pop, I'm just tired. I'm just tired, Pop. I can't no more. I was dying to come back here to tell you that God is real. Wait till I tell him at Bridge Church. Grown folk in the ministry, grown folk in the walk with Jesus, learn as uh, Pastor Raul, uh, Raul, Rasu, I just turned you to a Latino. (laughs) Professor Rasu unpacked, citing one of my closest mentors, Dr. Suchan Ra. You know, we cannot dislocate or disconnect from lament. Because then we dislocate and we disconnect from our humanity, from the Imago Day. And I'm sharing this, and I don't know who I'm sharing. It may not be a person in this room. It may be somebody watching this on Facebook or online. I just want to let you know, do not give up on your children. Don't let the streets have your kids. There is a name that is above every name, that is above every curse. His name is Jesus. He's alive. He's not dead. He's still in the business of doing miracles and changing lives. And you may not understand that until you get to that place where you got nothing else and nobody else to call but Jesus. But I want to let you know that the preacher goes through it too. Before I can preach about this, I've got to experience this. Let this transform me before it can transform you through me. All the glory goes to God. But those who are called to preach and teach a higher standard, before we talk about war, we have to go through the warfare. 
For those of you who are lusting and thinking it look easy, when Rasul come up in here and Pastor James come up in here and Josh and Pastor Mark come up in here singing and, and doing his thing, right? It looks easy, but it costs something. It costs, count the cost. God is faithful. And the righteous have never been forsaken or their seed begging bread. So today is a, 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 a Psalm 150 is our focus. And if there was a, a title for the message, it would be this. A proclamation of unrestrained praise. A proclamation of unrestrained praise. And literally it was difficult because uh, this is the last psalm out of the four books of psalms that the Psalter gets to. And it's the last essay and the last reflection of every song, every liturgy, every poem throughout the entire book. It is literally the last words, and usually you pay attention to the last words somebody says before they leave, true or false? Before Jesus, what was Jesus' last words to us? Go ye therefore unto all the, right? Because I'm going to ascend, right? All power is mine, now I send you. Go, his last words, empowering the church. The psalmist empowers us. But what is unrestrained Praise. It is praise without the impediment of idolatry. It is praise that there's nothing blocking that praise. Listen to me. We are all in a city that never sleeps. We are all doing life in a, ministry, in, in a situation of captivity. We're all being tempted in a sensualized reality. We are all dealing with the realities of oppressive legislature, of tactics, of inequity, of marginalization. We are all, all of us, majority and margin folk, in the same situation. We are in a world filled with idols, and I would dare to say and argue that it is almost impossible to give uh, prayer and praise and spirit and in truth unless the, the idols are moved out of the way. The impediments that, that so easily beset you. Those things that so easily distract you. For the next 30 seconds, just take a moment. What has been distracting you, Bridge Church? What has been distracting you? What has been causing you to drift? Has it been lust? Has it been money? What is it? What is it? What, has it been doubt? What is it? What is it? Because we get up here and we do this karaoke thing every Sunday. And I say that karaoke because everybody up in here is not in prayer and in worship and spirit and truth. Some of us are going through the motions. And that's okay. You got to start off somewhere. So it may be automaticity at first. And maybe you be singing something until you understand and comprehend what it is that you're singing. You with me? It's okay if that's where you're at. But hurry up and get out of that space and get to the next level. Because you need to experience and be exposed to the one true God. Because the minute you do that, you leave the natural space and you engage in the supernatural reality of the king of the universe. I would be remiss if I didn't go into chapter John, chapter tw uh, John 20. Gospel of John 20 before we go into uh, Psalms 150. Let's talk about a guy named Thomas who was with Jesus. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't, 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 don't see a bird. Don't get distracted. Thomas walked with Jesus. Before we get to chapter 20, he had saw what? Demons be cast out of people. Before he saw, he saw hungry people be fed. Few, few fish and a little couple of pieces of Italian bread. 
right? He saw people who could not walk, walk. He saw people who could not talk, talk. He saw limbs that were not there pop up. And now we get to John chapter 20. He's now resurrected. The rock has been moved. There's a report of angels. There's a report that somebody stole his body. Thomas, he proclaims, I will not believe until I stick my fingers in the holes where they cut him. I will not believe until I see that sign. Now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Verse 24, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into the side, I will never believe. How could you profess you will never believe having seen everything that you've already seen? Let me park here, Thomas. You've already seen God before Michael Carrion came here. Every single person that can hear the sound of my voice has had some encounter with Yahweh already. Because things have not befallen you that have befallen others right next to you. Crashes and burns have happened to people in your life, in your family, but did not affect you. You've been spared scandal. You've been scared. You've been spared uh, atrocity. You've been, you've been spared certain things in your life by God's grace in your life. Before you hear the sound of my voice, God has already been good to you. Whether you acknowledge it, you know, you know it don't matter if you believe it or not for it to be true. You don't have to believe something for it to be true. Are you with me? So whether you believe or not, it's true, God is good. He's merciful, we sing these songs. But it's gotta be more than karaoke. It's gotta be more than we're caught up in the tomb. We're a people of color. We're a people of tribal expression. We're a people, we get so caught, and you got a, f a fly band, yo. Your band is Il Nana. That drummer starts to, ta -ta 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 -ta, and you be like, yo, I got to catch myself and come back, Lord, Jesus. Because if not, I start to, you know what I mean? I start, oh, you mean you could backslide and worship? Oh, you mean you could drift in the middle of the, while every hand is lifted and every tongue and, pe and people are crying? You mean you could drift? Yes, you can. Because if your heart is being impeded by an idol or a distraction, you have walked and you have seen him already and his goodness. You don't need more evidence that demands a verdict. You just got to make up your mind and say, I'm going to give everything. I'm going to surrender my entire life to King Jesus. Do you know why I still serve him? After 35 years of ministry and planting churches, it's not because I'm cute. It's not because I love the pain and sufferings of Christ. It's not be it's because I've seen too many miracles to deny. I've seen too many people get off drugs to, believe, to not believe in Jesus. I've seen too many people have cancer and then no longer have cancer by the miraculous prayer of salvation and healing. I've seen people have AIDS and be set free from that disease by the power of Jesus. I've seen people come out of jail from doing 20 and 30 years. Dope fiends turn into bishops and pastors and preachers and evangelists after losing most of their life behind the wall. 
I've seen too much of God's goodness not to believe. So when I open up my mouth, an unprecedented praise should be received from his creation. Thomas turns around, had been walking with him, had witnessed the miracles, had witnessed the feeding, had witnessed, and still he doubted. Do not think that you're better or smarter than Thomas. Because in his day in the first century, he didn't have as many temptations. His society wasn't as sensual. It was just as abusive, if not more. But he, he didn't deal with what we deal with today. The idolatry that we bring into the sacred space. He says, I will never believe. How can you profess that, bro? After the entire three years of ministry that you've seen. When you go earlier in the chapter, you know what the Bible says? That these signs and miracles were written. But not all of them could be recorded because there were not enough books in the world to turn around and record all the miracles that Jesus did in his three-year ministry. The Gospel of John records that. That there was so much dunamis and dynamo and miraculous power and the manifestation of God's presence in the earth that they could not record the miracles. They could not record it in all the books and all the world. But these were recorded so that we would believe. These were recorded for us to look back from what? Post-modernity, back into antiquity. He was right with them. And still he would not believe. What kind of worship services were they having? And if that's the condition of your heart today, if you sense drift in your heart, but look what happens Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with, was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Why does the Bible say that the doors were locked? Because the, the, the author wants you to know that there was no way he can get in the room. That detail is there on purpose for you to believe. He doesn't need a human door to get to you. He has access to you no matter what cage you're in. Because all the keys belong to him. Somebody say amen. Yeah. That should not be a pause. That should be a celebratory. God is good. Because if I'm locked up in a cage of depression, Jesus has the key. If I'm locked up in anxiety, Jesus has the key. If I'm locked up in isolation and pain, if I'm locked up in PTSD, Jesus has the key. If I'm locked up in addiction, if I'm locked up in worry, if I'm locked up in whatever it is, Jesus has the key. He doesn't have to use the same door that I use to get to my situation. That's why it's written there. So that you would believe and you would know he's not like you and you're different from him. He's not held to the same restraints. He's not held to the same laws. But my argument to you is this, the thesis I'm trying to articulate to you is this, that nothing holds you back from walking into that space of supernatural grace through unrestricted praise. You too can experience and be exposed to a supernatural God. Now I'm not pushing unbalanced, emotional, irrational Pentecostalism. I'm not saying that. I come from a charismatic background and I'm reformed-ish but I believe in miracle signs and wonders. I believe in the resurrection of the dead. I believe in the soon coming king. I believe in a church that is holy and Catholic. Somebody say amen. 
I believe these things. And then he said to Thomas, hold on, let me go to this back up. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Contra, listen to the remix that he just gave. Uh, not even a paragraph before that. What is he saying? I will never believe unless I see and stick my fingers in the holes. Now he puts his fingers in the holes. My Lord and my God. Are you with me in the text? My Lord and my God. Why? What held him back? Doubt. There's always something holding you back. You may not even know it, own it or know it. But really think about it. When you're standing next to somebody who's going in and worship, unabandoned worship. I just, I was telling uh, uh, Pastor Rasul and, and Pastor Josh and, and Pastor um, Mark, I was telling them, I said, I just came back from Kentucky. Ain't got enough people of color in Kentucky, I'm going to tell you right now. But I just came back from Kentucky. They ain't know what I was. They ain't know what I was. They ain't know what, they thought I was Samoan. I said, as far as Samoans go, I'd be very small. I felt a little insulted because, you know, I lost about 40 pounds, you know what I'm saying? But when they said Samoan, but the guy that said it was kind of short, kind of frail, you know what I'm saying? He was kind of lightweight. So I get it. He said, oh, I thought you were Samoan. He said, I saw all your tribal tests. I said, no, this ain't tribe. That's not tribe. I said, brother, that's hood. That's not tribe. That's, that's Brook Avenue, 134th Street, you know what I'm saying? If that's a tribe, I guess that's my tribe. But he's giving me a tour of the entire university. They invited me there to go and so on and so forth. So I'm saying, man, this is where, I was like, Josh, this is where the revival was at. Revival. Who don't want to go where the Holy Ghost is moving? Come on. Who don't want to go to where the Holy Ghost is moving? So I went to Kentucky. And I'm like, oh, we go, here we go, here we go. And so I asked him, so what was the revival about? Who started the revival? He said, well, you know, it wasn't a prayer service. It was the worship service. They were in worship. And they went into worship and they got lost in worship. Listen to me. They got lost in worship. I know we have a program here. I know there's an altar call. I know that they got three minutes. They got two songs. I know that there's a restrain. But something happens when you walk into unrestrained, uninhibited. Something happens. Something happens. When you recklessly abandon yourself in the presence of God and you're no longer paying attention to the people that are around you, you're in front of an audience of one. Something happens when you go start to worship and you no longer see and hear Mark. You no longer hear the backup. You no longer hear the band. You're just in his presence and your hands are lifted. And you get that thing in your mouth and your right leg starts to move a little bit. Hair stands up in the back of your neck. And you start to say, I'm losing control and I don't know why. When I first submitted, surrendered myself to, to, to the conversion experience I had, I was straight off Rikers Island. 18 years old, coming out of jail. And I was at a, a team challenge. First night there with Nikki Cruz. And Nikki Cruz was preaching. And I don't understand nothing this man is saying. 
Because his, his accent is so bad in English and Spanish, I didn't understand nothing he was saying, Pam. Not one word, Jesus here, Jesus there. I'm sitting there like, why am I even here? I don't, you know, I'm not smoking that much crack. I don't need this much of a program. What is going on? But when he got to the altar call, when he got to the place of invitation, where he said, if you're tired of being tired, if you're broken, if you don't want to lose not one more thing, if you need the God of the universe to resurrect you from your dead situation, and he made that invitation, I don't know what got into me, I don't know what happened, but I was 2,000 people all the way in the back, and I found myself right over here in the front, crying. But I didn't know why I was crying. I had no idea why I was weeping. I did not feel sad, but my soul was purging itself in the presence of the Holy Spirit. The lump in my throat, I could not swallow. And all I could do was say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, have mercy. God, if you're, have you ever said a prayer like that? Have you ever come to a place where it wasn't pretty? You wasn't praying in King James for yay, I would say unto thee. You started straight praying like you didn't care who was listening. That day I gave my life to Jesus. And that was 35 years ago. And I've never gone back to God be the glory. I've never done drugs again to God be the glory. But I had to get all my idols out of the way. When we study Psalms 150, when we look at Psalms 150, a proclamation of unrestrained praise, it's what happened to Thomas. Thomas got to the point where he said, my Lord, my God, there is nothing. I don't, I, I, I forgive my unbelief. And he walks into that worship with him. And then Jesus rebukes him. Oh, so you believe now because you stuck the fingers in my holes? You believe now? You see, if Jesus were Latino or from Brooklyn, he'd be like, what about all these other things though? <laughs> but that's not what Jesus does. He gives a mission and assignment. To praise Yahweh unadulterated, uninhibited, is to step into a supernatural space. Listen to me, church. This is supposed to be a worship Psalms, summer Psalms, we are stepping into a supernatural space when we walk into worship. It's not just logical, it's not just doctrinal, it's not just theological, it's not just biblically based, it is supernatural space where you are exposed to the one true God of the universe. And with that reverence and with that understanding, you should come in unabandoned. You should not be tempted by Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok. The devil was TikTok. <laughs> if your hands are lifted and you start to feel like, let me check my TikTok, that's a problem. I was, I was a chess person when I was um, on vacation in the Department of Corrections. All the real Brooklyn heads was like, yeah, I know what you're saying, son. <laughs> but I played so much chess that I would be in worship, and you know what would pop up? I'd be in the middle, Lord, Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're great. Lord, you're grander. And then I would see a chess move in my head. Listen to me. Look, 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 at, how, look at how simple this is. I would see a chess move in my head. 
distracted me from getting into a deeper place of worship. How many of us men could be honest that we might have been in worship and what pops in our head? Someone's body. How many of us sisters could be honest? Well, I'm not a sister, but how many sisters could be honest and say that you've been in worship and you were distracted by him or by something? That shows that there's an impediment. There's something that's distracting you. Can you cast that at the feet of Jesus? And can you trust Jesus to fill every need? And can you give Jesus 100% of your time? Married 34 years. Still married. Praise God. Sister ain't kicked me out yet. Amen. You know what I've learned? I got to pay attention to my relationship. I got to talk to this person. And I got to pay attention and really like have responses when they ask me questions. Try staying in a relationship and not talking. Try try coming into a relationship and coming once in a while. And then when you come, you come half-stepping. Distracted. Your mind don't work. You wouldn't do that to your boss. Why would you do that to your God? Malachi says that to the church. What you do not offer your prince, why would you offer to me? Jesus sees well, in the context of the, of the prophet Malachi, Yahweh saw the sacrifices as sick because they were not the first choice and the determined choice. And you know what he says in Malachi? Turn off the sacred fire. Close the doors of the temple and keep your sick sacrifice. Bridge Church, I'm telling you, most cases, churches are offering up sick worship to the Lord because it's adulterated worship. It's tainted worship. It's distracted worship. The only thing Jesus had on his mind at the cross was you, bro. I know this doesn't feel good. This is not what I'm, yeah, this ain't a Rasul message. But I've been convicted of this. Yahweh should be acknowledged. Yahweh, and I don't mean this to be like, oh, uh, you know, like, uh, Fire and brimstone. But I mean, this should be an authentic relationship of surrender, of worship, of total abandonment in the presence of God. You ever been to a club? I'm talking to Brooklyn heads. You know when you go to a club back in the day, B.C., before Christ, and you're standing on the line, and you hit a beat inside the club, and it's going doom, 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 and you in there on the line waiting to get in, and you just see yourself at the bar, and you see yourself on the dance floor? Am I in Brooklyn? Brooklyn's in the house? Or maybe just this is the saved, sanctified, holified portion of Brooklyn? The Brooklyn I hung out in back in the day? When was the last time you came to church and you felt like that? When was the last time you was like, I can't wait till the worship team goes up there and worships? I can't wait to hear the word of God. I'm so thirsty for the word of God. I'm so thirsty to hear from the Lord. I need a word in season. There's an exegetical buildup in uh, Psalms 150. And if you look into screens, the first one is, starts really at Psalms 146. 
There are five Hallel Psalms. Hallel is short for Hallelujah. Building up to this ultimate proclamation in Psalm 150. Happy is he whose help is in the God of Jacob. We worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What's the problem in the theological tension with that, Josh? What's the, what's the tension? There's not a problem understanding the God of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so, so nobody was in uh, Sunday school? I mean, and, yeah. Lord is just with me, though. It's not a problem, God of Abraham. It's not a problem, the God of Isaac. The God of Isaac, because he's the what? Child of the promise. But the God of Jacob, you should all question that. Why? Because Jacob is deceiver and liar. That's the category for the Gentiles, just to let you know. Old Testament Theology 101, we are Gentiles grafted in because the, the, the chosen nation rejected. So he is the God of Jacob for us. Jacob has the name changed to Israel, which means prince. Old Testament Theology 101. Praise be to God that he changes our name from crackhead to preacher, from prostitute to bishop, from nobody to love to somebody. He changes us. He renews us. But it starts at 146. The God of Jacob. We are all Jacob in this place. We're all deceivers. And we lie to ourselves. Let me tell you something. You lie to yourself better than you lie to your mama. And what's worse is that you believe your own lies. Come on, don't look at me like that. Like you ain't believe the lie you said to yourself. This ain't that bad. Number two, Psalm 147. A particular God for a particular people, yet we're grafted in by grace. The hymn of praise of the universal God, the maker of heaven and earth. He is the God of, of Jacob, but he's also the God of heaven and earth. Which means he's providential. Number three, universal praise, Psalm 148. Let every created thing, both in heaven and on earth, praise him. Yet in all the universe, should not the people of God especially praise him? The question is there rhetorically. A praise should be in your mouth. Mark should never have to, Pastor Mark should not have to come up here and be your cheerleader to get you to clap, to sing, to praise, to make noise, ever. You know why you woke up this morning? That's enough to give God praise. Come on, somebody. Let's keep it fundamental. Fundamental. You need a reason to praise God? You're alive, bro. Your spouse is alive. Your children are alive. You gotta, you gotta, you may have a, 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 you may be homeless, but you're in a shelter. Praise be to God for the shelter. You see, people don't think that way. People don't think that way. The church is very entitled today. We expect it. We come in, who's preaching today? If it ain't the preacher we like, we leave, Maxine. Mira, we leave. Who's leading worship? It ain't Mark. I'm gone, son. Who's teaching? It ain't Ra. I'm leaving. What an honor to be his people, Psalm 149. And then look at the proclamation to Psalm 150. To whom is the appeal of praise God directed here? 
Commonly, the Psalm 2 is said to be the universal and in its appeal, the statement, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, together with the call to praise him in his mighty heavens. It's said to include all creatures on earth and in heaven. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Let everything, everything that is alive praise the Lord. Why? Because it's alive. And he's the giver of life. And, only the, and he's the only taker of life. Come on. It's an imperative when we see the word praise in Psalm 150. And you hear it nine times. Imperative. Not indicative. It's alive. It points us to. And what does it say in Psalm 150? Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine. Praise him with your dance. Y'all need to start dancing in church again. Your body is a temple and an instrument to be what? Used for praise. Used for worship. That's why we're not supposed to put just anything in this. We're not supposed to just what? Let anything enter into this. This is a space. This is the temple of God. It used to be there was a tabernacle where the presence of God rested. Contra, the new covenant, contra means, well, let me just tell you. Contra means, let me just tell you. The new covenant says that we're no longer looking for an ark. We're now, we are the ark. We are the ark. And what's this ark filled with? What's it for? No, 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 hold on. Let's not get holified. Let's not get super religious. Because everybody can say this thing is filled with the Holy Spirit. You ain't got to have me back till next summer. <laughs> the next time James goes on, uh, what do we fill this with? Arrogance, pride, racism, nationalism, social political rhetoric that's what? Oppressive to those on the margin space and vulnerable. We're okay with, with overcoming anybody and everybody to get what we want. That's idolatry, bro. That's idolatry, sister. We should want nothing more on this planet than to know Jesus and then to make him known. That's the assignment. That's the call for those that are in the way with Jesus. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the sounding cymbals. Praise him with the loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then he says, praise the Lord. Imperative, imperative, imperative. The cacophony, the symphony of this band. Every single instrument could be beautiful by itself. But when they come together in the right harmony, in the right note, in the right gathering, in the right collaboration, it is worship unto God. Every single one of you is an instrument with a specific sound. You are the clarion call for your tribe into the presence of the one true God. And together you sound beautiful. Individually you sound beautiful. But when we come together and we worship in one mind and one spirit, oh, that's the kingdom of God on the earth. There used to be a song in worship back in the day. Old Testament assemblies of God. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. 
See, we don't even sing like that no more because that whole life sounds real country in Brooklyn. But it says that there's something that happens in us that is God started, generated, that comes out of us that exposes a deeper relationship with God to us, but then God to the, those around us, the unbeliever. When you open your mouth, what comes out? Because out of the abundance of your mouth, your heart reveals itself. Is praise on your mouth? Let everything, let everyone, let every instrument praise the Lord. Now, I don't know who's here today. I don't know what your problem is, but we all come with different needs. But there's going to be an opportunity for an altar call. There's going to be an opportunity for you to come up here and reconcile whatever's up here and over here with God. You might not have understood nothing I said. I might have been Nikki Cruz to you today. But hear this, that God is thirsty to be in relationship with you and to be your only lover. He doesn't want to share you. He wants you. The invitation is, do you want him? And if you do, praise him. Praise him. And it doesn't have to be allowed. It could be lifting up your hands and saying, God, I need you. I need you. I need you so desperately. Somebody and some people have an appointment today with God. It's up to you to respond to that invitation. No guilt. But if you leave here the same way you walked in, it's the same story. But if you want to step into the supernatural with God, I would praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. And if you can receive it, say amen. Good night, church. Let's all stand for a second. Before we go into worship, we're going to have a moment for an altar call. Bishop shared his testimony with us about how God brought him from darkness to life. And also how God brought his child out of darkness into light. And maybe while he was talking, you felt something inside yourself. And you say, I need to come into the light today. Maybe you grew up in church, but you've wandered off and this is your first time back in a while. And you say, today is the day I want to rededicate my life to the Christ. To Christ. Come on up to the front. We want to pray for you. Come on up. This is the moment to stand before the living God and make a commitment to him. Or maybe you've never received Christ in your life before. This is a moment of salvation for you. This is a moment of redemption for you. If you are a member of Bridge Church, can you just begin to pray? God wants to transform someone's life today.
He is the God of all humanity and he wants to redeem you today. Come on up to the front. We want to pray for you. A moment to let God into your heart, a moment to let God into your life, a moment of salvation, a moment of redemption. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that God created respond to his glory. Let's transition into a moment of worship. Church, let's worship like we've never worshiped before. Give your all to God. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We hope this message was encouraging to you. We invite you to send us an email at info at bridgechurchnyc.com so we can hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our handle on all our social media platforms is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we would love to see you on a Sunday. Our services are at 10.30 a.m. and noon on Sundays at 345 Adams Street in downtown Brooklyn. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope to see you soon.